Welcome and listeners to another special Archetype podcast. On today's show, we have something slightly different. We take a roundtable look at Knockout Kings, the infamous and extremely popular boxing game on the PlayStation in the early 2000s. I'm joined with some of the game's most important people in the title. I've got Eric Wahlberg, Dominique Philippine, Steve Collier, and Dex Doris. So get a real bare buckle you know, look at the game's development, you know, some great stories, and really learn how a really popular title begins and ends up as a real heavyweight champion. So guys, sit back and enjoy a great roundtable chat with some true retro gaming legends. Welcome to Arcade Attack. <laughs> a retro gaming podcast for up to four players. Hello, listeners and even viewers. We're on. This is going to be on YouTube as well. This is Adrian from Arcade Attack, and I'm joined by my co-host James. Hey, dear mate. Thank you for coming today. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Wherever you are in the world. I'm joining Adrian, and uh, you, you you may or may not know me. I've been on a few pods so far, but yeah, hosting with Adrian today, the the interview maestro. So, uh, and I'm in absolutely superb company. So, yeah, take it yeah. away, Adrian. It's, it's not Dylan or Keith. It's much better company than that, sorry, guys. <laughs> but we are we've got some amazing legends again today. Um, and I introduce him. We'll go around the table, and this is going to be a really really interesting podcast, focusing on sort of the development of one sort of series of games. Knockout Kings, what an epic title that was. And we've got some of the four people, four of the main people that helped make that game so special. We've got Eric Wahlberg, friend of the show, friend in general. He's back. We couldn't keep him away any longer. Eric, thank you so much for coming back again today. You bet. My pleasure. And we've also got Dex Doris. Hey, dear mate. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for having me. And we've got Dominique Philippine. How you doing, sir? Doing good. Uh, nice thank you. you. And... Steve Collier, how you doing? Thank you for your time. Sure, thank you. Excellent. So, what I thought I'd do is we can kick off really quickly, if you don't mind, guys. By if you would you be happy to do a quick intro about your role, your, your sort of job titles, maybe some really quick brief, really brief history about how you got into the video game industry, and maybe finish by how you got into EA, and that will that will lead us up nicely to focus on the main title today. So, um, I'll start with you, Eric. That's right, because you know you've been in the podcast before, you know the ropes. Excuse the bad pun. Uh, would you mind doing a really brief intro about yourself? And Of course, yeah. So um, I've been in the video game industry for almost 30 years. And uh, my role on Knockout Kings, uh, specifically, by the way, this is 2000, 2001 for PlayStation, which is uh, our crew here, our super duper awesome crew. Um, and uh, I was associate producer and also lead designer on both games. And uh, I came to EA because Segasoft um, closed down. And fortunately for me, the um, executive producer who was from EA uh, made a phone call and said, hey, I got a guy that you might like. And perfect timing, I was able to come over and uh, join the team right before they started development of 2000. Oh, thank you so much, Eric. Um, Dex, how about yourself, sir? How did you uh, get into the video game industry quickly and how did you end up at EA, Electronic Arts? Uh, sure. My, 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 again, my name is Dexter Rez. I was a senior character modeler, um, and design lead at EA sports. Um, I started the game industry back in 1995. 
Um, I had a weird path. I actually was at NASA. Uh, I worked in the aerodynamics division and I was there for six years and uh, I got tired of doing that. So I wanted to do something that was a little more fun. And that's when I got into the game industry. I started working for a company called Accolade and I was there for like a year, year and a half. And then I left and came to EA Sports. So incredible. Wow. So unbelievable. <laughs> NASA. And you obviously you worked at Apple as well. So you've had quite an amazing journey, actually. Some huge huge organizations. Um, Dominique, would you be happy to give yourself a quick introduction and how you got into EA? Sure. So at Dom Philippine, I was on Nokia Kings. I was development director. Um, and uh, I came to EA through a startup I was working for uh, in uh, starting in 1986. We were working on tools that uh, artists could, could be using called Studio 8, uh, which was a paint program. And uh, EA was interested in the tool, and so they bought the startup, and that's how I joined EA in uh, 1988. And I was at EA for 29 years after that. Um, wow. No longer there, but, uh, yeah, I remember Knockout Kings as a very, very fun project, and- very intense. But, um, Incred- I know now you obviously. In, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, it's just uh, now I'm in the education comp- uh, industry. It's a, it's a bit different. And uh, just looking at some of your titles, uh, you, you had a massive impact on The Sims, for example, didn't you? Um, unbelievable. Worked many, so. many years at Maxis on The Sims, many versions of uh, The Sims on PC and, and console. And yeah. Absolutely stunning. Time. Thank you. And, and last but not least, uh, Steve, how you doing, mate? And, Again, a little little introduction we would really appreciate it. Thank you. Sure, sure. So uh, for for Knockout Kings 2000 specifically, I was the lead engineer. uh, And then sort of halfway between, halfway through the project, I think uh, I approached uh, Dominique and asked him if I could manage the engineer side of the team. So um, started to make the transition into management at that point. I I joined the game industry in at the tail end of the 80s, uh, working for Sierra Online, actually. Um, I was living in Fresno. I uh, had always wanted to work in games, and I saw an ad in the uh, classified ad. Remember those? <laughs> uh, in the local paper that basically said, play games for money. Um, and so I thought, well, I can do that. <laughs> And I became, I started in QA at Sierra. I was there for a couple of years before EA. Um, and then EA, let's see, my, my, I started there on a different franchise called Bard's Tale. Um, yeah. I, I was brought in to work on Bard's Tale 4, which if you know the franchise uh, at all, you'll know there is no Bard's Tale 4. <laughs> so uh, it was a product that ended up, uh, I think, I think, it got killed about six months after I started, but that didn't stop my, uh, my EA career. I was there for, um, I think, 16 and a half years. I left in, in 2009. I've been at a few different companies since, and I am currently working at Twitch. Incredible. Um, I mean, we are in the company of some very, um, yeah, you, you've had amazing careers, all of you guys, so thank you again. Um Obviously, today's sort of roundtable chat is going to be focusing more on, on Knockout Kings, the series, the early games, how it became such a smash hit. And, but before before um, we go into like the real nuts and bolts, are you guys happy to share like the how you first heard about working this game? What was what was your first sort of role, and what was your personal inspirations? What did you try and bring to the table? And maybe go into a bit more detail about your 
particular responsibilities on that title and how it was initially pitched to you. So, um, Eric, is, are you okay to kick off that question? I think he might be might be frozen actually. So, um, Dex, is it all right to go to you? Would you be all right to fill that in? Sure, sure. Um, most of us, I believe, all of us, we had just finished up a game called March Madness at, at EA that all of us had worked on together as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so they came to us and they said they wanted to make a boxing game. Um, from the design perspective and the art team, that was very different from building a bath a three D basketball player to building a boxer is totally different movements. Um, the model has to be, you know, segmented very differently than a basketball player would. And uh, so for us, it was realism. We had never done it before. We had to do a lot of testing, a lot of R and D, a lot of research um, just to see if we could pull it off. And I actually have a video somewhere. I could send it to you guys of our first initial uh, animation test for knockout Kings. Oh, wow. But for us, it was realism. We didn't want to go down what they call the uncanny Valley um, which I won't explain because I assume all of your listeners know what that is, but I'll let you guys explain that if they don't. Um, so for us, we had to watch a lot of boxers' movements, had to build a lot of models texture-wise. You know, we didn't want when the boxer, you know, stretched, we didn't want their texture stretching because we didn't have the technology back then that we had today. It's a lot different today. Um, so for us, it was realism. How do we make this look as real as possible without having Steve and Dominique yell at me for having high poly counts. <laughs> um, Steve, would you please, I'd love to hear your yeah, yeah. first got involved so, in the project. So there was another, another point in there um, that Dex didn't mention, which is there, there was a knockout Kings 99 actually oh. before us. It was done externally, um, but produced at, at EA. And um, that was sort of uh it was a much slower paced game. It was just the the game engine, I think, uh, struggled a little bit with the with the the speed of boxing, um, and it was not, there were you know Dex referenced uh, textures on characters. That game didn't have any. They were all garo shaded, so it was like this weird sort of um, fill on each polygon, and it, it came out looking a little bit marshmallow like. Um, and so we were, we were super excited given, you know, we'd already worked on, on two, actually two iterations of March Madness together. Um, we were excited to work on something where we felt we could really, um, do better than the previous game. Um, and it was, uh, it was to us, it was about a, a few things. It was about that realistic look. It was about the speed and responsiveness. Uh, we had a sort of an ongoing rule during development that, you could not check any code or art assets into the game if it would make the game dip below 60 frames a second. Right. And, and we kept that as a, as a fairly hard and fast rule throughout the whole development. I think that really, um, it saved us time because uh, often in the middle of development, if you're working on something, you get, th- you know, things get slower and slower and slower, and it's hard to work your way back out of that. Um, whereas if you're keeping that bar all along, it's a little bit easier to stay at that bar than it is to claw your way back, so to speak. No, thank you. And, and Dom, are you, what was your early inspirations and sort of how do you get involved in the game? 
Yeah, I mean, I was working on March Madness as well. So we were already kind of, uh, you know, mm. we had the team assembled. We knew that this team was working well together, that we had, you know, the same sense of passion and, and, and dedication to, uh, to, to, to building games. And that, that's very important, you know, when you're in, in the game industry that, that we have that, you know, set of people that gel together and kind of communicate uh, and, and uh, respect each other and, and really work hard. Uh, it's not always the case. So that, that we knew that. Uh, personally, I had no background in, in, in sports or boxing or even basketball. <laughs> Uh, but I was not. That's that's not what I brought to the table. My skills was more, you know, looking at a challenge. You know what what Dex was talking about and Steve of uh, going a step beyond what what had been done. This this sense of realism. Uh, but at the same time, we had to be uh, uh, within, you know, the budget of the console we were working on, right? Which was fairly limited at the time. <laughs> so yeah, we had a budget for polygons, and we had a you know budget for audio as well. I remember that we had a lot of <laughs> discussion about you know the size of those audio uh, snippets. And and to me, what the, the, the really interesting part was kind of get all these disciplines, all these people working on different disciplines together, and kind of making sure that we we had very strong communication and and, and iteration, like feedback very quickly to Steve's point, you know, we don't want to wait too long before we could, you know, uh, understand how the game was behaving and, and, uh, and, and fixing any issues uh, on the spot. So we had those kind of uh, rules that we, we all agree on um, and that, that really allowed us to um, uh, understand how, where we're going and, 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 you know, address things. So to me, the, the, for me, the challenge was more about, you know, how do you make a team with, with People who have different skill set, different perspectives, and, and, and make them work together. Um, and, uh, you know, and of course, I had a lot of, you know, Steve was, was amazing, and Dex and, and, and Eric were all kind of uh, amazing in terms of uh, leadership. Uh, but that was my challenge. Like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, at the end of the day, we need to build, we need to ship in time. And that's, that's what I, I was really interested in. Um, I think we had motion capture also in this game, right? Uh, we sure did. That was something also kind of at, at the beginning of the uh, you know the technology. We didn't have a lot of tools, uh, and we also spent a lot of tool, a lot of time figuring out you know how to integrate motion capture uh, in the game on, on that kind of console. So um, kind of all all these all these challenges that uh, really was was interesting to me. Very interesting. Um, yeah, Eric, um, I was just asking about the initial, how you approached to make the game, your really early impressions, and what was your initial sort of inspirations and sort of role on Knockout Kings? Great. Oh, am I next? Yeah, that's okay, Eric. Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. You know, it's funny, by the way. So we started working on this about 20 years ago, right? Or actually longer than 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, you, if you would have told me that a phone would be the best way to do live video chat, I would have laughed at you because <laughs> the hardware on my PC broke. Then I used my wife's Mac that also stopped working, as you know, which is why here. So now I'm on my phone. That's why I have this funky angle and stuff, right? So anyway, so to, to answer your question, um, so, you know, one of the, the biggest things for me was I was a huge fan of EA sports games and in particular Madden football. And obviously I like boxing, right? Because, you know, because of my background and, liking fighting games and working on fighting games. And so 
the whole direction I took from the beginning was this should be as much of a sim as possible while also making it fun. And so um, the challenges with that were, I think, number one, to get people on board with it. And man, everybody was on board, which is great. The development team, the producers above me, everybody. And then um, having the technology, which it was just starting to, you know, to kind of blossom as you were talking. Dominique talking about the motion capture and then um, and then we had really good engineers um, people like Steve who uh, were able to implement uh, you know I don't think it was overly complicated but still involved um, with boxer stats and uh, recovery times from getting hit blah 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 so be able to do it technically to get the support and have the technology and kind of all those things came together really well thank you that's so good so guys i mean just just moving on obviously because we've heard like some fantastic intros there and how you got into it and how you all gelled because i'm i'm assuming you know there are teams and things where things haven't gelled so well so where where something has gelled so well you know that's probably why it's created so something so fantastic but Mm -hmm. what i want to ask what i really want to ask is for you what what made this title stand out what was it that kind of put that kind of beacon in the crowd because there were other boxing games around. Um, you know, some were unrealistic, some, you know, strive to be realistic, but what, what for you kind of made it different? What did you want to do to kind of make it stand out from the crowd? Um, Dex, let's, let's start with yourself if we could. Yeah, I can totally do that for, for me. Uh, Eric touched on it. You know, we were all, most of us, fighting game fans. You know, I was a huge, huge Tekken fan, King of the Iron Fist, all that. I wasn't the King of the Iron Fist, but in my mind I was. But um, but um, we wanted to make it fun, but at the same time realistic. I think what was successful is that we had a lot of healthy discussions as a team and debates on what this game should be. Um, one of the things that I could totally break up, bring up that I remember was Muhammad Ali. Uh, Muhammad Ali was in the game and the, the big discussion we had as a, as a design team and just as a, as a team as a whole and marketing team was how should we depict Muhammad Ali in this game? Do we depict the young Cassius Clay? Do we depict Ali in his prime or do we pick the, uh, depict the older Ali? Um, and I, I literally built over, a, I think the count was something like 131 different models of Muhammad Ali. throughout. Wow. Oh, wow. I never knew that. Wow. Oh yeah, me, me and Vince kept count on how many models we built of Ali. Um, that's a lot of Ali's. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all the Ali's. That's <laughs> like one every few weeks of his life. <laughs> wow, now, I was I was building like two a week at one point, so it was, it was pretty crazy. Um, but we wanted it to be real, and we wanted to do things that other boxing games hadn't done. You know, we we wanted to have ring girls in there. We want we wanted to have a cool soundtrack. We wanted it to be hip and modern. You know, we didn't want, we didn't want the, to make another punch out, nothing wrong with punch out. You know, I love that game, but we want it to be the next evolution of boxing. Amazing stuff. Um, so guys, uh, Steve, how, how, how do you feel about, um, you know, following on from, from what Dex said? Yeah, I definitely, definitely echo that. Um, you know, obviously not just Ali. We had dozens of, of, actual real boxers in the game. I think that was one of the things um, that we did well in concentrating on. We got, um, you know, our, our legal team did a, a great job of pursuing the, the rights to use all those, which I can tell you from working on various 
licensed games is, is far from a trivial effort. It's actually huge. Um, and, the, and the art was excellent. I mean, the, the fact that we were able to use textured boxers and optimized textures in a way um, that actually made them each actually look like the, the boxer, you know, from the time period that we wanted them uh, to look like uh, was just amazing. And the, the PlayStation one, especially now is like a limited, uh, very limited platform. So um, it's, uh, I think that was a, a huge part of it. And then responsiveness was another huge part. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, just picking up on your point there, yeah, I mean, it must be a mammoth task for the licensing because just at every turn you've got big names, you know, yeah. and, and, and the soundtrack as well. Um, you know, so, yeah, I can, I can, um, I mean, I've never worked in a position like that, but I can imagine it's a, it's a heck of a minefield <laughs> to have to go through the licensing. But, um, yeah, m- moving on, if we, if we could to Dom, what was, um, you know, in terms of what, what stood out for you as the, as the sort of um, standing out in the crowd? What was the, what was the game for you like? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not sure what I can add. Uh, I was going to mention Ali. I mean, we had Holyfield as well. I mean, we have all these oh, yeah. names. Yeah. Uh, it was really made made uh, uh, the game really uh, stand out. And then, uh, you know, we talked about the technology and the motion capture. And kind of uh, was was really an innovation that we're bringing there. Um, and, and even internally, you know, within EA, I think there was a lot of excitement uh, of, of bringing the, the franchise internally. You know, the game had been initially developed externally and, and then we you know the decision was made to bring it internally and that that really uh, gives us a lot of opportunities to uh, you know put a lot of more of, uh, scrutiny and really focus on the things we wanted really to to to, to shine so um, that's uh, you know that was a, that was a, a very interesting challenge to, to to bring to EA and and that for us to uh, you know, to make a game that could continue and, and really start, you know, a, a franchise at EA that, that uh, didn't exist before. I mean, we there mm. are a few, you know, we had a game previously, but it was it was still not, it was not a franchise yet, right? Mm. And so we had the opportunity to make it a franchise. And uh, for us, that was really exciting. So, so we're talking probably a lot of firsts then, really. Um, with this, with the game, which I suppose is an interesting um, fact, given the fact that it's it was essentially the second game, um, so to speak. Right. But a lot of firsts were happening, um, especially you know with the licensing, with the amount of boxes, the amount of big names, um, you know, the, the, as we say, the up to date soundtrack, that sort of thing. So, Eric, would you would you agree with with, with that's what made it stand out? Yeah. Well, so um, so some things come to light. You know, it's been a while. Uh, based on things that uh, Dex and Steve and Dominique were just saying. Um, so walking in there and also saying, wow, this is EA. They have access to motion capture. They have access to uh, a guy who specifically goes out and gets licenses for music. Randy Eckhart was his name. And, uh, and then we had a really good uh, Sandy Sandoval, who's, I don't even know if he's still there. Maybe he's still there. Uh, he, he gets unboxing and football and all these different uh, people to sign up. And so we were able to pay for and acquire and convince people to be in our games, all those stars, many, many of them. Um, all those things were just like a perfect storm of good things to make it work. 
the chat, the biggest challenge I did mention was, I think it was like nine month development cycle or something. The first one, right. It was about nine decks. You remember? Yeah. It's around nine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. It was from scratch because the first one, so it's 20 years ago. I'm going to say it. I'm a jerk. The first one sucked. Okay. So um, it didn't try to be, it didn't try to be a boxing game in the way that you would think we're using tactics and jabs and stats of the various boxers. Um, And, uh, and so, we need to do it from scratch is my point. Uh, people could totally disagree by the way, if they don't think that it, the first one wasn't good. Um, so uh, the only, the only people who didn't have licenses for were a few standouts that thought they were maybe more important than they were like uh, um, Hearns, for example, Thomas Hearns wanted a lot of money and he, I mean, he was a superstar. <laughs> I don't begrudge him that um, we were able to get Floyd Mayweather because it was early in his career. And, um, but uh, who we didn't have purposefully is Mike Tyson, because at the time he was like, eh, I don't know, is he going to do something crazy, right? Because he got out of prison, he bit all yeah. of the ear, like, what's he going to do next? That was really the issue, right? Uh, I but, still wanted them, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. So a funny anecdote. So James, you being a fan of 2000, yeah. 2001, um, do you know what happens when you hold down all four uh, of the... Um, Trigger buttons on the PlayStation controller. Is it the super punch? It is. No, all four. You, oh. You bite them. Oh, oh you, yes. Yeah, you bite the ear. Yes. Yeah. So you have to do that while clinching, right? But but the, the other <laughs> one, if you hit all four when you're standing, you kick them in the nuts. Um, which, oh, uh, I've forgotten which, about that. That's pretty Yeah, which we implemented in the game and also... With a ref, like I, I, I believe the the ear biting. We had a little bit of blood. I think came out. Um, he would maybe catch that one, but if you kick the guy in the nuts, he would almost for sure catch you. And sometimes the first time you do it, you get disqualified, which should be pretty accurate. <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to add that before I forgot. Right, is a fun little Easter egg we put in there. Um, you know, that'd be funny. That's uh, I, wanna, I think we were also the first with women as well, right? First boxing yes. game. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, Lucia Riker, as you know, right? Uh, we had, you know, Mia um, St. John. Uh, we had um, Christy Martin. Uh, these are these are throwbacks. So I don't know, you know, somebody like Adrian might be like, who are these people? But um, <laughs> they, they, they were the female named boxers of the time back then. We had all of them. Cool. And, uh, and uh, Leila Ali. What? what? So, yeah. And she just dominated everybody, of course, as she should. Um, so... I mean, just on a on a personal. I mean, I, I remember the games, you know, really well. Obviously, not the the ear biting controls. You know, I have to brush up on those. But uh, I mean, from a from a consumer's point of view at the time playing it, um, yeah, it, it it was it was almost it was almost strange kind of playing a game that was at the time so realistic. And you saw these people moving. You saw these guys moving around the ring, and it was it was you just hadn't there was nothing that i'd controlled at that point that felt that kind of immersive um and it was it was so strange and i mean that in the best possible way obviously um but it was just it was just the whole experience and of course the soundtrack the entrances the just everything about it all the small details you know the the, the, the camera angles and things like that it really from a consumer and a player's point of view it, yeah, it, it it really stood out and it was so different. Um, and I mean, there was other games out at the time. And I think we were, Dex, you were saying earlier about, you know, other styles of games and things like that. And you had like Ready to Rumble and, and things that, that kind of, it was almost like comedy boxing. Um, and it all had its individual characters. But these guys were real. 
Mm. You know, and you could go through the divisions and you could, you know, go through all of those different steps on the ladder. And it just made it so real. And yeah, for me, as playing it at the time, it was um, it was superb. So yeah, really stood out for me. So everything you say just is uh, um, just makes perfect sense and uh, makes it even better. That's yeah, great. but uh, enough enough of enough of me, Adrian. I think you've uh, you've got the next question. Well, I'd like to uh, get the gossip now on the boxes because you said you used a motion capture. I'd love to know about how that process worked. Did you invite the boxers into your office? Did you go to the boxing matches yourself? Uh, and what were they? What were they like working with? There's some really nice people. Would come across some tricky customers, and how exactly did that process go go about? Um, you want to start that, Eric? Yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah. Sure. I can start. I can totally start it. Um, but we we used a lot of boxers. I think the main boxer we used for animations, and Eric, correct me if I'm wrong. It was um, uh, Oscar De La Hoya. I think he did a lot of our moves. Um, Sugar Shane Mosley, I believe he also did a few moves as well. Um, anecdotal story. Um, yeah, the boxers did come in. We met a lot of them. Sometimes we had to fly out to meet a few of them. Um, two anecdotal stories. So I was in my office, and like I said, I had to build 120-something Muhammad Ali models. And so when I was in the zone, I would all, everyone knows I would always wear a hoodie and I would always have, have my headphones on over my hoodie. So that meant leave me alone. And I was in my office one day and I could hear commotion outside of my headphones. And I think I was listening to Tupac as well. But um, I heard some commotion outside of my phone. But in a game company, there's always commotion. There's always conversations, laughter or whatever. Didn't think much of it. And while I'm like working, I'm literally working on Ali's model. I feel something that feels like a sledgehammer touched the back of my head and punched me in the back of my head lightly. And I was like, what? The? And I turn around and it's Muhammad Ali. <laughs> first time I met Muhammad Ali. And that was like awesome. Um, and uh, the second anecdotal story, and he was awesome. The second anecdotal story, I think Eric, you were with me. We Sometimes we have to fly out. We flew out to Beverly Hills one day and uh, they were like, yeah, yeah, we have to meet this guy. He's ex-head of the New York chapter of the Hell's Angels and, you know, oh, Zito? Actor now. And, uh, Frank Zito. Yeah, I was like, I was like, who? <laughs> and uh, it was Chuck Zito. And yeah, Chuck Zito. Had, I guess he, yeah. he was filming his last season of Oz on HBO. And uh, so we went out to body capture, face capture his head 3D and capture his body as well. And uh, I, I was a little concerned. You know, I was like, I, was like, <laughs> I don't know if... Uh, <laughs> Me and Eric should be the one out here talking to this guy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, you know, he was the nicest person I ever met. He was he was he was a very very cool guy. I don't think we I met one boxer throughout that entire experience that gave me a bad attitude. Even Fernando Vargas, all those guys were really really cool to us. Yeah. Um, uh, Eric, you happy to? You got any like stories or personal memories about? working with boxes and filming them and so forth? Uh, yeah, so uh, unfortunately, I never got to meet Muhammad Ali. Um, oh, yeah. That would have been a dream, but I was I was late to the show because he stopped coming after, I think actually after the first one. I, I don't think he came for the other ones. And um, But uh, I Shane Mosley I spent a lot of time with. He came to, and I gave him a long tour, like an hour and a half tour, and uh, he played video game with me. And then I was part of the group that was invited to his... Uh, um, celebration of his winning the championship. Um, absolutely, like you see him when he's interviewed, he's just like that. He's a gentleman. It was, it was great because people like that you want to see succeed, right? Um, and most of them were really cool. And, and specifically, 
I think Dex were in the limousine with Fernando Vargas, right? Were you there for that? In the limousine? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, exactly. So polite and so kind. And the guy, you know, anybody that gets punched in the face for a living, you know, they're, that, that it's hard to kind of transition into being like uh, a kind and communicative and uh, respectful person so easily. But man, just you would never know he's a boxer except for his face, right? And uh, and the only jerk was um, to me uh, was Floyd Mayweather Jr. Um, nice. And uh, really, it was just it was minor, but uh, he was doing some poses for some pictures. And um, what was it? Um, uh, of course, our, our our friend who passed away, one of the producers, um, Dave Demartini, he said, "Oh, hey, can you work with him to do some poses for you know the promos, or whatever, right?" So I walked up to him and started talking to him about oh, this and that, and he just like he just completely blew me off to to, to a point where it's just like I was dirt, like whatever. And then he's like, mm-hmm. kind of just like got in front of the camera and started doing whatever, right? But um, I just thought that was kind of classless, whereas everybody mm-hmm. else had so much class. Which is why I was kind of thrown thrown off, um, but you know what? To be someone who has never been beaten by anybody, you have to have a bit of an attitude, and maybe he just never turns it off. You know, so yeah. I, I got over it. It took me like fifteen years, but I got over it. <laughs> you, you know, just to add, I think I had the biggest crush on me at Saint John back then. You know, as as a character modeler, everyone sent me their images to build their model. So, and back then she was a centerfold. Back then, wow. As well. So she sent me like all of these shots, and I was like, "Oh, this woman is gorgeous." <laughs> <laughs> you didn't mind yeah. taking receiving the shots? No, anyway. I did not, not at all. Well, so you know, she she told me a story when we were doing the motion capture, right? Because I was there too. Um, yeah, I think for the most part, uh, Dex, and then maybe um, oh Jesus, I kept uh, Frank uh, Alameda, um, Lance, Lance Alameda. I th- I think he was there. Yeah, he was there too. Uh, but. Um, I was I was there because of my boxing background and kickboxing background. I was working through a lot of those things, right? And um, and she was telling me when we had a break an anecdote, a story she had, which was that she had a fight and she had to pee really bad in between the rounds. And so they ru- they rushed her off, and then she went to to you know wipe herself, but she had to keep her gloves on because you're not allowed, of course, to take your gloves off because they have the wraps and all these things in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. And so she, you know, got the tissue and wiped. And then when she got up, she realized that she had the tissue that was dry still on the floor in the bathroom. So she literally used the glove to wipe herself and then went back and fought. So, uh, and yeah, I guess she doesn't mind telling me these stories. I'm like, okay, cool. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, to Dex's, to Dex's point, yeah, she was super gorgeous and, uh, and really cool too. Awesome. Amazing. Amazing. Dom, yeah. Dom, do you have any, do you work closely with the boxers when they came in or what? No, sadly I didn't. And, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the one day that uh, Ali came to the office, I was out. Um, you know, I was in the day before and the day after and I miss him. So mm. I still regret it and I'm not over it. And, you know, uh, afraid to carry it, just over it. Um, but no, I, I, that was not really what I was doing. So I didn't have a lot of interaction. Um, but, you know, I, heard, I hear all the stories and, and uh, uh, the fact that we even had them, you know, their likeness and their, their, their motion in the game was, was uh, just sufficient for us in terms of, you know, on the, on the technology. So um, but yeah, I wish I had more interaction with them, but I didn't. Oh, fair enough. Um, what was what, Dex? What was Arlen? Did you get to film him? And, and was he doing punches? Was it just more of a sort of a visit to say, you know, what, what exactly was Muhammad Ali's 
Uh, why did he pop in out of interest? The, the day that he came, and Layla was actually with him that day, and his wife um, when he came to EA. Uh, it was to give him an initial tour of what we had built, let him, it's more of a marketing tour, let him see right. what we were working on, what we were trying to do, um, and uh, and just really get his feedback uh, on what he how he wanted his image portrayed. The one thing that with a lot of these guys, whether it's, you know, boxers, you know, we, we also are the team that worked on Tiger Woods. So we have to deal with all the golfers too, is that they really care about their image in these games. Mm-hmm. And, and so like one of the golfers wives in Tiger Woods would literally email me every week to see her husband's model because she wanted to make sure that we didn't show his ball spot. <laughs> um, so uh, we, we had to do stuff like that. So, I, so when Ali was there, it was basically just to show him, Hey, this is where we're headed, you know, and let's just get your feedback on how you want your appearance to be because he had sign off. I think Ali was the only boxer that had sign off rights. Right, Eric? On there's very, deal. very few. I think there's maybe three, maybe like him and Frazier and, uh, you know, like one other kind of classic, like old school boxer. But yeah, there's a variety of contracts somewhere like you're lucky enough to be in the game with us, just sign your life away. And they're like, okay, right? Like these lower rank boxers. And then some of them, uh, I, I believe they're able to somehow they maybe I think maybe maybe at least give input on their uh, but not necessarily have a sign off right uh, mm-hmm. but yes long story short yes two or three back maximum had had the rights wow and and and, and Dex sorry just to come back to you did, did they when Ollie came down did they both did they both approve himself and his wife did they both approve he liked what he saw. Um, I, I didn't get any pushback at, at all um, from him, but, but there was still healthy debate between our marketing team and our product teams on how, on uh, and his people and our people on how we, they wanted him to look. So, sure, I don't, I don't, I don't remember getting any severe pushback from Ali. Ali and his family were great; they were amazing. Um, it was a, it was a blessing just to be around them that day. Um, yeah, but amazing. No major issues from them, but their publicist and everyone else had their opinions on what they wanted to see. What an experience, though! What an experience! It was to, amazing, to, to, yeah. to just be in the same room. I mean, um, and you working on on that game. I mean, yeah, almost a bit magical, I would say. Yeah. So, guys, look, just to kind of just to kind of move on the timeline a little bit. What, what I want you, what I kind of want to ask next is, you know. Knockout Kings 2000 on, on, on the PS1, on PlayStation. Moving it on slightly, so the differences between, oh, you know, 2000 and 2001, and then moving to the PS2, what 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 for you kind of stood out as, I would say, firstly, the challenges of going between, you know, two generations of console, and also, you know, the things that you um, sort of improved and once again made another installment stand out in the crowd using a next-gen console? What, what would you, um, uh, Eric, if I may? Come to you. Sure. So uh, definitely, uh, when you start talking technical parts of it and uh, visual um, capabilities, uh, even between two versions of PlayStation One, which is really what these you know we all worked on here was the 2001. I would lean into Dominique and Dex, and then if Steve can come back um, from uh, from a gameplay perspective, uh, the idea was you know basically what. Did we not get into 2000? Did we begin 2001? Um, and that was, I believe, a more robust career mode. Um, some kind of cool aesthetics and themes, things like that. I believe we had the, 
what were they called? There's there's a mode where it was like the greatest fights, right? So I basically I mm. captured all these classic matches. Uh, and we had the venues for the most part. And then when they're old, like Rocky Marciano against like Archie Moore or something, uh, we had black and white, which I think looked phenomenal. Like I, I can't speak highly enough about the development team. And uh, those guys were super talented, super good guys on the same page, well-managed Dominic. And uh, these guys just did such a good job implementing everything they could on a PlayStation one on the schedule that we did. Um, that aside, I just want to make sure this praises and there's people on the production team that, you know, if we have time, I'll mention some of them that they were all so great. But um, anyway, uh, PlayStation one to PlayStation two, there is one story to tell you briefly, which is black ops are the ones that did PlayStation two version. We never touched that. I gave them the, the same design for both games. In theory, the PlayStation two should have been better because faster frame rate, uh, you know, polys, everything you can imagine, right? But same design. Um, the lead engineer wasn't keen on the combo system that I had hooked up, uh, which the which the internal team did and nailed it. Uh, he didn't do it. And so what happened was PlayStation version was a bunch of single punches, right? And so anybody that plays boxing games or fighting games, you know, you need combos, right? There weren't any. And so that... I think that greatly hurt that game. Um, and I think why we're sitting here, you guys aren't talking about PlayStation 2, 2001 was the best ever. Let's talk about it. We're talking about the PlayStation 1 version because of the gentlemen that are sitting here with me today and all the other people that, you know, your stream would be pretty big otherwise. Um, so that's all I have to say about that. You, you know, I actually worked on both. I, I, I helped design the models for PlayStation 2 as well. And Eric's totally ah. right. A animation wise, it, it seemed like we could do more on PlayStation 1 than we did on PlayStation 2, which was very strange to me. You know, back then, it's comical now, but the but the processor on the PlayStation 2 was state-of-the-art back then. And our models on the PlayStation 1 were very, very low poly. We had to, we had the process called stripping, where we had to make sure that the edges on the polygon were all a certain way, so they processed faster and our processor speed would be higher or Steve wouldn't put it in the game because we had a 60 frame rate rule like Steve was saying earlier. And so what we would do is um, for PlayStation 2, you know, we had a lot more polys to, to play with. I, I want to go off and say we went from a 3,000 poly models to 15,000. I just off the top of my head, something like that, which was huge back then. It's a huge increase. And so so we had to build, rebuild all the models. Um, and that was, that was an issue too, um, which means we had to, Put new new skeletons and new rigs inside the models. We had to have the same animations didn't work as well, so we had to tweak those. And we did a lot of hand animation on top of motion capture, which really didn't give the effect that we wanted in PlayStation Two. So I agree with Eric. PlayStation One for me was the best version. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and and, and uh, sorry, Eric, go ahead. Oh, so I was just gonna just add one bit because you know I kind of. I made the jerky comment about the first Knockout Kings not being good. Um, visually, it's, it's fine. But uh, 2001 PlayStation 2, it was, I think, a lot of the lead engineer saying, I don't want to implement this. And that, you take it out, that's what happens. And uh, the game looked beautiful. If you look at the video, like look up YouTube, you can say it looked great for a PlayStation 2 game. It looked really good. Um, and I... I was semi-aware that Dex worked on that. This another reason probably why it looked great. 
But um, but yeah, I think that really hurt the game a lot because it took away that element of the game that you really need for anything other than just a Rock'em Sock'em robot experience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I mean, just to just to bring Dom in here, what what would you say? Would you would you kind of agree with what the guys have said there? Anything anything to add on that front? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, you know, number of polygons was was drastically better. The, the CPU was. was I don't remember exactly. I mean, it's been twenty years, but um, the <laughs> of CPU was like a leaps forward. So, um, yeah, maybe Steve has a better recollection. You know, like what what was it? This is how the PlayStation Two version was better than right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think as far as CPU, I think maybe uh, um, uh, an order of magnitude faster, possibly more than that. Um, one of the other things for me with the later versions of the game was um, punching on the sticks. So I heard, I was listening in the background there, I heard Eric talk about the lack of combos later. Um, but to me, one of the things I liked about the later versions was that sort of really physical connection of I am moving this stick to the box that is moving their arm. And I liked that a lot. That was kind of... Um, uh, pulled in from the Tiger Woods franchise where, where uh, that team had done that with the golf swing and it was on the sticks and I think uh, and actually we, we uh, carried it further on one of my later EA titles we used that in the, the Godfather the game um, to where you could you were when you were doing hand to hand combat you were using the sticks and you could actually click on the sticks and throttle your opponents um, I think that was a a neat element that was um, that was an improvement on the earlier game. Fantastic. I mean, so is it fair to say then, taking all that into account, we're looking at you know the, the title of Knockout Kings two thousand as working so well because mm-hmm. the team clicked so well. Is that is that a fair is that a fair thing to because it's, it sounds to me as though you know we've got we've got the game before we've got the games after that mm-hmm. you know we're talking about the the things that stood out we then talked about the things that maybe didn't work so well in the in, in the games preceding it and following it um but to me it just sounds as though everything kind of came together for two thousand um yeah. you know the, the, the team and I guess I guess I suppose you know thinking about it from your perspective when a team clicks like that that the result it just just steps up it levels up mm-hmm. is that fair to say I think so yeah uh, what I would some, some detail I would add here right we, we mentioned before we had worked on two versions of March Madness before this mm-hmm. game um, Dominique joined us I think on the second of those two versions um, and to me one of the things that sometimes happens at big companies like EA is every game will throw together like a completely new team. And everybody has to learn everyone on the team and how they work and how they work together and what they like and what they don't like. And we had already ironed out all of that in earlier games that we worked on. And that that is a huge leg up. That's that's yeah. an enormous amount of time. It's um, there there are people there's also people who left the team, right, who had not gelled as well uh, with the team. Um, and I think you really get the benefit of uh, just learning everyone's mindset as you move forward in the success of games. Amazing. I mean, you know, for, as I said, from a personal experience, 2000 was just such a great game. And it, it was at a time, I mean, I was <clears throat> I was at university at the time 
in my first year and everything was kind of weird and new and and it was I would say, thinking back, it was probably, I think, the game that I poured the most hours into. Yeah. Um, and it was, like I say, it was just going back to what we talked about already in terms of it, it was just so different. And it was just so, everything was really fresh. It wasn't just like one, it wasn't a one-trick pony. You know, it wasn't just something that you went, oh, that's cool. Anyway, moving on. It was, you know, everything kind of um, gave it a real step up and, and, and really stood out from the crowd. And, and you guys have just um, sort of cemented that with everything you've said. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a real pre- pleasure and a privilege to be talking about it. So yeah. before I gush I can, anymore, I'll hand you back to Adrian. If I can, if I can add something yeah. to that, James. Of um, course, yeah. Uh, I, I want to talk more about how awesome you were. No. Um, well, first <laughs> off, thank you so much. I mean, it, one of the biggest things, and probably everybody here can tell you, is that when you work so much on a product and someone says, I really loved it and I played it so much and, and you know, thank you and da, 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 you, you enhance their lives, right? That's a pretty damn cool mm-hmm. thing. But what I want to say from a design perspective, right? Because again, my game would be nothing but an idea without all these superstars from tech and art and everything and everything, sound, everything. Uh, but I try and envision the experience for the player. Right, which is everything from you know picking up the controller to playing blah blah blah, playing you know a career through. But also, um, what's the experience of a certain match style? For example, mm. okay, Rocky Marciano uh, was someone who wasn't particularly fast, but he's very tough, and he would wear you down and beat you down. He his his motor never really quit, right? And then Muhammad Ali's best ever, right? And so um, somebody, uh, if you're able to ever going to beat Muhammad Ali. With Marciano, it would probably be just outlasting him and kind of wearing him down and beating him down at the end. And I read we had a really good community for a while on uh, on EA or EA boards, and someone wrote very specifically what I'm just telling you right now. They said, "Oh, I did this great matchup, Ali and Marciano, and I was Marciano, and he kept jabbing me and blah blah. My face is bloody, and but I started blocking more, and I kept working his body, and then it got to you know rounds like 10, 11, and 12. He started slowing down, and then finally, I think he knocked him out, but which probably would not have happened but still it was like that experience i'm talking about applying the strategies feeling the thrill of the experience right and then having to be different for all the different matchups right so um so that was my hope and again these guys nailed it i could have just had ideas and like yeah whatever but they all have visually the animations the look of the characters when they're the corner beat up um these guys are freaking start this is why we're here and i know i'm like really going off a little bit a couple times but this is the best development team I ever worked for. And I've been in with, and I've been there for 30 years, the best. And, uh, and they jailed and the motivation was all there. There was no infighting or if it was, it was minor. Uh, it certainly wasn't from management. It wasn't people like Steve or Dominique or, or whatever. Um, it was just a dream. And I'm so glad I got to work on the game with these guys. But it, it, it just makes it just makes so much sense, like listening to how you've, you said it all came together in the different departments. You know, that's no easy feat, let's be honest. Um, creating a game anyway is, is not easy, but to actually have it where each layer is is performing and you guys will then get on. And yeah, of course, you're going to have disagreements. You're going to have, you know, mud thrown over the fence. Yeah, of course you are. You know, nothing great ever came out of everyone agreeing with everything. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just so, yeah, it's so great listening to kind of the, the cogs and, and how that all came together because genuinely, genuinely, it actually reflects in the game um, it, and, how it it and how it's presented, how it looks and how, you know, sorry, Dex, go ahead. Just, just to cut in real quick, sorry to interrupt, but 
you know, just to add on to what Eric was saying, that it actually went outside of the game where we lived, ate, and breathed knockout kings day to day to the point where even at lunch, it shows. Me, me and Eric and the guys, we, we EA has a huge gym. And so mm-hmm. we, we compete in the gym. Eric started his boxing career <laughs> training people at EA's gym during knockout kings. And, and we size these other up in the gym. All the time. Um, that's why me and Eric always go back and forth. Any, any video of that? Well, I'll, I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. That even now, Dex could probably still strangle me. And back then, I was pretty strong. I would say pretty strong. But, pretty uh, strong. Yeah. but it was great. We had um, we had uh, such a great relationship. And yeah, I mean, we would literally like we work on the game all day, and then we go work out together, and then we go have lunch together. And, like we were, we had a great time. We were, we we're all bonded. And I, I love these guys. And Really, these are three of the most talented people on the team, but also three of my most favorite people on the team, which is why you know I kind of handpicked them. Uh, but there's so many talented people that again I can't be here today uh, because it would take five hours. Uh, but um, yeah, but it was it was great. In anything, when you're making a game or anything, you have a sports team. When you have a whole team that's motivated and on the same page, you're going to win, right? Like think of all the underdog. You know, you guys play fantasy football. I know. Think of the underdog fan, uh, teams that suddenly like, oh, my God, they scored 40 points on the champs, you know, whatever. And these guys are they hadn't even won a game. And we're we're totally a team that was motivated and that showed in the game, I think. I, I think what made us successful is that we, we understood each other. You know, I, I knew how to push. Dominique's buttons and what not to do to push Dominique's buttons. <laughs> I don't know what to piss Steve off. I go in his office and play with his Superman. He had a life size Superman. Like those fires. Uh, Lego, Lego <laughs> and, and I just play with it and piss him off. But I, we, we understood each other's personalities. And so we knew how to tiptoe around each other when we needed to. Yeah. Super. Yeah, yeah, Tom, sorry, you were going to come add, in. One thing I wanted to add is, uh, you know, I was, I was actually looking at the, the, the credits earlier before this, uh, this show. So, we had eight engineers on, on the on the game, eight, and eight artists as well. You know, and then we had some interns and, and you know more people. But you think about it, eight engineers. I mean, that's if you think about the, the size of the teams these days yeah. working on games. We did the game with with eight engineers, eight artists, and uh, and then we had some more people for motion capture and and, and things like that. So, but. Talking about why we have you, you really need the team to gel, right? Because if if you have one or two people who kind of don't don't play along, you can't do it. Right? Yeah, so sure. that's why it's, it's very important to 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 have the team that really work together and then you know they have lunch or whatever and go in the gym. But uh, yeah, the team was tiny <laughs> compared to today's standard. Living out of each other's pockets, by the sound yeah. of it, <laughs> literally. But uh, yeah, a real moment of history where everyone gelled and came together. Brilliant. Such great stories. Um, I, I mean, you, Eric, you kind of answered my question earlier. I think you said that Muhammad Ali is the strongest character in the game. Um, but have you got a favourite character? It doesn't have to be the strongest necessarily. Sugar Ray Robinson. In the, yeah? How, oh, yeah? How come? Oh, yeah. Well, so in real life, amazing. Like, if you watch footage of him when he's dominating the best guys in his division that was when he'd already passed his prime they didn't have film of him for many years and uh the way that he fought he was super tough he was also super tactical he was everything which is why everyone wants to be named sugar ray right sugar ray leonard and 
sugar. Uh, um, there's just so many sugar rays over the years, right? Even a music band. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> but that um, I loved him. But they're all cool in their own way. I also like a lot of the old school guys. You know, like the uh, um, who was that we saw at uh, Jack's at the after party, uh, that big after party. Uh, Jake Lamada. Right? Yeah. So uh, I liked him for the nostalgia and I, I did so much studying of these guys. Like I watched all their boxing old school, did interviews with like Max Kellerman. If you guys know him, right. He's, he's still around. Um, and, uh, and, and so anyway, I like lots of the old school guys. I like Sugar Ray Robinson a lot. Um, and then some personal favorites that you just watch TV and like, I like Angel Man Freddy. I mean, that is kind of weird, but he was like a guy that I liked. Um, yeah. Great stuff. Um, how about yourself, uh, Dex? Do you have a favorite character in the game or uh, player? Um, you know, I, I built all of them, so I like all of them. You know, I personally <laughs> like my own. You know, we're in the game too. They're like babies. <laughs> all of us are hidden characters in the game as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm a middleweight in the game, so I like my own character, but... You know, the, the fun character for me to build was Butterbean. I, I loved building that character because it was just out of my realm of a, it was out of the realm of a normal boxer and making him work right and still be fun was just amazing. So I, I love that character. If I remember right, uh, Butterbean also kind of pushed the envelope in terms of the model and, and the rigging and all that too. It was, it was actually technically. That's big guys for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take up a bit more screen space. Yeah, <laughs> we would use him as sort of a um, as a reference model for testing too, because you know for things like collisions and things that you want to test, like the biggest guy and the smallest guy, and he was hmm. pretty sure he's the biggest guy. In he game. was the biggest. Yeah. Um, so he was a he was a favorite. <laughs> you saw you saw him on development consoles a lot. Nice. <laughs> and Dom, do you have a favorite character in the game? Is there a- uh, no, you know, I don't play favorites now. Uh, but uh, no, for me, uh, you know, the fact we had Ali in the game, that was really yeah. you know, the, the highlight. Of course, yeah. And just really quickly, um, you spoke, you mentioned, I think, Dex, about the unlockable characters. Is there any other Easter eggs? Are you happy to share some of those sort of more hidden sort of facts that some fans might not know about the game or hidden characters? I'll let Eric uh, talk about that. I, I know we had... Um, who was the football guy? Barry Sanders built his yeah, model. Was that, I might have been PlayStation Two. I don't know if that was uh, PlayStation One or PlayStation Two. You no, know what? I don't remember if he, which one he was in, but I know he was in one. I know we had some really ra- so. Uh, a lot of these were relationships based kind of things, like um, going back to Sandy Sandoval, who again the guy is like a brilliant, that you know, c- connecting with and building relationships mm-hmm. and getting people to sign. Um, we had like. Uh, what was the we had like two basketball players, I believe, um, and uh, and that was just because they had a relationship with them, right? And they're like, you know, either they asked to be in it, or he tried to sweeten the deal, or you know, get in better graces with them. And so we had a couple boxers in there. We had the uh, the lead, the owner of Echo Clothing. Was oh yeah, it? Mark Echo. Mark Echo, yeah. Yeah, Mark Echo, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, this, is, and, this is a Mark Echo piece here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. And, then, and then and then some of some of the uh, some of the upper <laughs> some of the upper level producer types put themselves in the game. I I, I know that Demar was in it. Was was Rick in it as well? Rick Gilito. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so they were like, put me in the game. <laughs> so they got it. So they're they're all in there. I'm sure if 
you know, uh, internet, uh, you could probably find all of them and how to unlock them. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was, I don't remember any ones that were like, oh man, that's so crazy. or That's so cool. There were just a variety of, you know, guys from sports, guys from, you know, music or fashion, just stuff like that. To, to me, Chuck Zito was the craziest because of the story that I yeah. told earlier. Yeah. You know, well, one quick story, my, my claim to fame on Knockout Kings, you never realize what type of effect a game like this will have on the public. And I was at a local mall. It's called uh, Valley Fair. It's called Westfield Mall out here. And I was with my girlfriend at the time. And these three kids, they were looking at me. I was at a, I was at a Foot Locker and, with my daughter. And they were looking at me <laughs> laughing. And and they kept laughing. I was like, okay, it's like, you know, like, or what? What's going on? And uh, I heard one of them say something. That's him. That's him. Blah, 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 blah. And they started giggling. And they were, like, making fun of me. And uh, my girlfriend heard him say, she's a, they, she like, they said that's Dex from Knockout Kings. Uh-huh. And because uh, they, they used to play with my character, but it was a joke to them. They were like, this guy looks like him. I was, I was like, no, I built the characters in Knockout Kings. That is me. Great. Did you ever and tell so they me were, like, asking me for my autograph and stuff? I was like, hey, kid, I'm not Oh, I love man. it. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. So, and, I, and I have a funny story that relates to Dex and me, actually. Uh, it's it's one that's not um, not, complimentary, not complimentary to me, but I'm, you know, I'm beyond pride at this point in life. Is that uh, when we're doing motion capture stuff, actually, I did a few of the moves from motion capture, not a whole lot. Yeah, a few. Yeah, and, and, and was, yeah. Uh, one was that Dex said, hey, uh, you know, like in Rocky, we might want to have a, a, a montage where you're like training and chasing chickens. And so Dex already started laughing, right? So, so I'm literally like running around chasing imaginary chickens, right? He's going left, right, do this and that, right? And then afterwards, he just laughed and said, oh, yeah, that was just a joke. We're not going to do that. Like he's <laughs> <up>. <laughs> he, just, he just wanted me to look like an ass. And well, I, we have it on camera, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was the best. That was pretty funny. That needs to be released on YouTube. Right. Put it on there, mate. Yeah, if you can find it, and you could probably, I, I, I give you a current face. You could put my face on it. I mean, why not? <laughs> that would be that'd be a nice, uh, you know, throwback for wow. for fans. Make it happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you I'm mentioned sure I Rocky. Actually, I I can't speak about boxing uh, and not mention Rocky. And, and you know, there was a Rocky box game as well. I don't know if you guys know that in the office in the PS2, which was actually quite high, highly regarded as well, but. Really quickly on Rocky, have you? Are you a fan of the series, the films, and have you got a particular favorite Rocky film? And I mean, I mean, Dex, are you, are you a fan of the, that, that particular franchise? You know, I watched it. I, I can't say that I'm a, a huge Rocky fan. I'm a huge Sylvester Stallone fan, so I like. Yeah. And don't ask me why. That's a reason I like all his movies. So, so I watched all of them, um, and I, we definitely watched those movies um, when making Knockout Kings as well. Uh, the one thing about the Rocky movies that from a design perspective we wanted to bring over is, you know, when you, when you watch a Rocky movie, there's a realistic side of, of boxing that you really don't see or understand. And, you know, we wanted to show that when, you know, when you, when you, when we have the training cinematics, when you walk into the ring and you see the cart girl walking by and stuff like that. Um, we wanted to try to bring that feel as much as we could to knockout Kings. Were we successful? No, we can only do so much on a PlayStation. Yeah, but that's one thing that the movie made us want. That, that gave us the vision to try to bring it to Knockout Kings. Right. Awesome. How about you, Steve? Are you a fan of the Rocky films? 
I, I am a fan. I think the second one is probably my favorite just for the that first uh, like real comeback where he had fallen off and gotten back in the shape. like that kind of story. Oh, I love Rocky too. Yeah, it's great. And Dom, are you a fan of the Rocky films? Uh, you know, like Dex, I, I can't say I'm a fan. I mean, I've, I've seen the movies, uh, enjoyed them, but uh, yeah. Uh, fair enough. That's not really my thing, but uh, yeah. Oh, fair um, Eric, I know you're a fan. You actually worked, didn't you, helping out on a recent Creed game? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I was um, game design consultant uh, on it. A lot of it because of my background in Knockout Kings and other mm -hmm. fighting games. Um, what's funny is uh, some of the main people who worked on that game had never seen any of the movies. Wow. And even, even during <laughs> development, <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, but anyway. Um, my favorite by far is number three. Uh, Mr. Q was a hurricane. I mean, his personality, I'd never seen this actor before. And, you know, um, and then of course, I believe that 18 came after that, right? It wasn't before, it was after, yeah. but uh, love that. And, um, but I loved them all. But my favorite one, I have to say for real that affected me was Balboa was the one that was like the real version, which is like the, uh, the, the unforgiven version Right. If you think of these uh, Clint Eastwood movie, right, it's like it was th this raw, like his, his life, all what his life would become, how challenging it was and in spite of his success and then having this really tough fight, you know. Um, but yeah, so uh, but I love them all. Um, they're such interesting movies because they're a sign of the times, too. They're so super pop culture, like number four with uh, Dolph Lundgren. There's yeah. two scenes in there that are like music videos. They're all hairless and they're, they're they're oiled up and they're all steroided like the eighties and like uh, the the hairstyle of uh, Dolph Lundgren's wife was like the eighties and yeah. um, this Cold War it was like everything right uh, so that's pretty cool too and you watch them it's like ah oh, okay I I remember that time in the in the world right um, yeah. but I don't know if you know real quick uh, they have a director's cut of. Um, Rocky I'm Four. You gonna know, watch right? it next week, my friends. Yeah. There you go. Okay, cool. Yeah. But yeah, I've never seen the movies. <laughs> you hate them all. <laughs> um, thank you, guys. Sorry, I know that sort of crowbar in with Rocky question, but you know that's just me. I mean, if if you weren't like amazing people in Adrian's eyes already, you you've just <laughs> elevated yourself to God status <laughs> yeah, because because you said that you've you've watched the films and and in one way or the other, you know, you like them. So, but <clears throat> so 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 moving on from there, I mean. This is good. this is a question I'm going to throw open to everyone because because this is probably going to prompt some interesting answers. But why would you say um, there isn't a, as such a true boxing game series like there has been with the likes of FIFA with Madden that sort of thing that has kind of maintained uh, you know a yearly presence up until now? Of course, we've had you know the Knockout Kings games which which had a series. We've got things like uh, Fight Night, um, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But what what would you you know is there is there a fundamental difference between kind of the the boxing fan base and boxing gaming fan base than there is to the other franchises or what what would you say is the reason why we don't kind of have a current um, and consistent uh, boxing franchise uh, in the gaming industry? Can I butt in or yeah. answer first? So uh, as someone who tried to continue to do some or watch whatever, so one of the biggest things is. Um, unless you have an incredible fan base like football or FIFA or something like that, I want to see football NFL. Um, you can't just update rosters and add a couple things. People will be like, ah, I'm good. Right. So boxing games, 
like why would you want to buy a boxing game every year they tried to do that and and although 2000 2001 did have good sales they kept declining kept declining and that's why eventually they kind of killed it i know they actually transitioned it i believe i don't know if they had a year off but uh, but same thing fight night right like that kind of uh they ran out of kind of things to do with the game and you couldn't you can't release it that often so if i was uh you know, the CEO of a company making the game, boxing game, I say, we'll make one every three years, right? I say, let's, yeah. we have, you know, we have the guys that are current now that, that over the three years of Canelo's or wherever we could use, and then we can have technology and we can have other things. We have time to work on it. Um, but uh, that's why I think is that you can't keep doing it every year. And for whatever reason, um, you know, there's not, there's not a huge impetus for people to want to do something that's like an EA sports version of a boxing game, which is more sim, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of them like, Oh, make it fun. Make the controls yeah. like this, do that. Uh, but to me, it's, it's so much of implementing the boxers statistics in a meaningful way in the game, having each boxer's journey feel like a real boxing experience, having the gameplay feel like boxing and you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, sure. that's my opinion. The other guys might also have some. <laughs> yeah, some let's, let's throw it open. But yeah, great, great, uh, great shout there. Guys. Yeah, I can, I can follow on to that. I definitely agree spot on with, with everything Eric just said. Like that's that's the true reason is uh, sales tail off because there's just not enough you can do to keep it fresh from year mm. to year if it's a yearly franchise. I was, I think I'm the only one here who stuck with the Knockout Kings, uh, Kings franchise until the end when it transitioned to fight night. So we, we were actually working on uh, knockout since 2004, which would have been the, the next one after um, uh, the, like the game uh, GameCube version. And I think there was a PlayStation two version at the time. Uh, and it was going, we were adding things like more of a career mode where you start, you know, you start really small and you make your way up to these huge venues and trying to make that more of a cinematic experience. Um, like they've done, I think they've done that for basketball and FIFA uh, in EA Sports. So that's kind of the direction we were going. And uh, at the upper levels, there was this pressure that Eric described, which is, no, you know, at this time, what seems to be working better is um, things that are more arcadey and more uh, more fun. I don't know if that's really the right word to use. Because, you know, our, our games were all fun too it's it's more um it's a caricature of boxing instead of a simulation of boxing and those you know don't get me wrong the fight night franchise was also fun and, and uh, def jam uh was the the team that made def jam um wrestling was the team that took over uh the franchise and took it to fight night and they had a very good sense of how to do that um so that worked well but i think it, it really is like three years sounds really perfect. I mean, that, that makes sense because you get, you get some new faces, the technology advances enough either because there's a platform, a new platform coming out or uh, as any given platform uh, is in people's homes for longer and longer. What happens is development teams squeeze more and more and more out of it. So like, if you compare any game at the beginning of a platform's history to at the end of its platform history, it's almost like a completely different set of capabilities because they figured out how to get every last bit of CPU juice and GPU juice out of it uh, and really make it perform more. So I think it all, it all comes down to all that. So, so we, you know, we're looking at enough new material, 
you know, new faces, enough, I suppose, enough, enough changes in yeah. a, a sport or an industry for, for that to be reflected in, in a game. Because if there aren't enough changes, then, of course, the game is going to be repetitive. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's, that's one thing you definitely want to avoid, I, yeah. I'm assuming. Um, and, but, and to be honest, I mean, you know, uh, Eric referenced um, Madden and the NFL. And they get complaints about that, too. Like, yeah, oh, sure. yeah, it's just the same game every year with a different roster. Yeah which is really not, but we get that complaint. Anyway. I mean, it's interesting you say that because um, obviously over in the UK, FIFA is, is, is huge. Um, and, you know, you, you do have a, a, a real um, core fan base, but you get the same thing. You, yeah. you do hear the same messages. You do hear the same feedback. Yeah. Um, and even though, you know, it changes um, a lot, you know, there's a, there's a huge amount of moves in, 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 the, in the football, mm-hmm. as we say, soccer world. But, yeah, as you say, I think I think people want that freshness. They want those changes. They want those um, new faces and things like that. So you know, maybe maybe we're onto something here. But Dex and Dom, just to bring you you guys in there, would you would you agree with, with what the guys have said? You know, you know, I totally agree with everything that that Eric and Steve has, have said. And you know, the elephant in the room too is video games aren't cheap. And you know, even though we're jaded on the call because we don't pay for video games for the most part, you know, parents do and. uh for our video games like this, you know, we can update cameras, we can update player models, you know, we can update at, you know, cinematics and stuff like that and animations. But is that really does that really justify a new game every year? And and I think that's I think sales is probably the major re- reason why we don't see that. That's a fair point, and, and and Dom yourself, just to just to round that off, would you agree with yeah, the guys? No, I, I mean, yeah, I agree with everything that uh, that was said. I think. Uh, you know, and, and Steve was right about the technology and then the fact that the, the game evolved on, on, you know, on one platform from, from the beginning to the end of the life of the platform. The game looks really drastically different. However, that might not be enough, right? And people are really, especially for a game like boxing, people are really looking maybe for, for incredibly new realism, right? And that, that, that requires like a, you know, a leap in, in, uh, in platform technology. So that takes years usually. So. Um, I mean that's that's the only thing I would add. It's like it's it's uh, uh, for, for to keep people really interested in in, in uh, motivating and trying something new. You really have to kind of wow them. You know the, the, the wow yeah. factor and that that often comes with uh, a new generation of, of console. Definitely. So 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 on that basis then, and we're well past the three years. Is it time for a knockout king's comeback? I wish. Well, so of course. <laughs> We, we had passed around that link, right? That uh, EA yeah. is going to have another, I believe it's going to be Fight Night, right? Um, we knew they, night, that, yeah. that, that had been brewing for a few years, actually. I think three or four years they've been talking about it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's time for a couple. That, that being said, in a way, maybe you're asking, should we? I would love to get the band together, right? Be like uh, uh, Expendable never never. 3 or, or whatever, right? Just like, <laughs> get back out there and, you know. Yes. We'll get all helicopters, we'll fly down to the top of the EA roof and storm it. Absolutely. Take the person out of his chair and put on his hoodie and his shirt and just get back to work, you know? Um, I would love to, yeah. it's There's so much opportunity there, for sure, I think. And uh, um, Servius had thought about doing that, uh, actually. Um, but uh, that's all just leave it at that. Uh, I think it's a great time now. But again, I wonder what it's going to be. Because nowadays, everybody's playing video games. 20 years ago, there was a very 
concentrated, devoted people, group of people playing video games. And now it's like, make it accessible, make it appeal to everyone, make it accessible. Yeah, so yeah. my guess is going to be more like, it'll play really well, it'll be really fun, but no one's really going to remember it in 20 years. No one's going to say, oh, do you remember, you know, um, Knockout Kings 2022 and, you know, there's this one feature or this one thing, like it's, it's an overall experience that I think Knockout Kings 2000, 2001 PlayStation did um, that resonates because it was a whole package uh, of an offering and also something different and not, not just fun for, you know, an hour. Right. But, but just for the record, that's not a no. <laughs> yeah, Legal, legally binding. Yes, you heard it, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Just invite me to the launch party, and I'll be happy. <laughs> but yeah, but I would say yes, dude. I sign me up. Yeah, get, let's get a Kickstarter going. Dominic's ah, uh, he's exclusive. <laughs> I think people would do it. I think people would like to see knockout things come back. Personally, um, look, guys, real a real honor, real pleasure having you today. I'm, we're just going to wrap things up a bit now. I've got maybe just one final question. Um, Probably away from boxing, but you never know. I always like asking my guests, what is their personal favorite video game of all time? Not one they've worked on, one they've played themselves, and they just think, that's my favorite game. Um, so, well, I've, Dex, have you got, do you want a bit more time to think, or anyone know an answer straight away, a game that they, they just high? Yeah. I'm, I'm a fighting game guy. So Tekken 2 was a personal, Tekken 3 was a personal favorite of mine, and Street Fighter 2 was also a personal favorite. Nice. Yeah, no, I love the. Actually, I agree that the first three Tekken's were incredible, incredible games. Amazing game. um, And Street Fighter, you know, what more can be said, really? Um, Eric, I don't know if I've asked you this question before, but have you, have you got a, a game you'd like to showcase? So, jeez, uh, I mean, so many, right? And uh, I, I guess the, I think about the ones that leave me emotionally impacted, right? This is by far not innovative in a gameplay way or anything, but it was those, the telltale walking dead games, the first, like yeah, yeah. the first season, uh, that one was like, wow. Yeah. Like I was literally crying at the end of that one. That doesn't happen too often. Unless Dex beats me in Tekken, in which I might be crying. <laughs> <laughs> but playing telltale, uh, that was great. But I mean, there's so many RPGs, you know, um, mm. playing Baller's gate on PC, uh, oh, but video oh, game wise, many of those I've, Fond, fond memories of playing a lot of Genesis games because I worked at Sega and tested the games and had the games. Um, there's, there's so many. I mean, uh, but I would, I would get like a whole chunk of 16-bit games. That I could have another podcast to talk about those. But, yeah. but, but one that comes out that I just like, oh, it's the ones that emotionally impact me that I like tell people you got to play this game because of you know this. So, thank you. How about you, Dom? Have you got a particular favorite game? That you think was the pinnacle of place? Um, well, I mean, the, the first one, you know, kind of talking about Genesis, uh, was Populous. Uh, mm. you know, this, this God game, it was really, for me, the first time I was, I was able to play that, that type of game. Uh, and it really struck me, and that's, that's, you know, in terms of the possibility of the gameplay you could do. Uh, very simple graphics, you know, it was not a, like a, Kind of slow, slow pace and all that, but that that that, that game was really something I played a lot. Uh, and, then, and then more more recently, SimCity was also you know yeah. not because I worked on it, but but also because that that type of game <laughs> that uh, could go very deep and and kind of engage the player uh, in a non-action oriented thing. Uh, so those those are always really things that 
gets me uh, going. But thank you. I, I and I think Bullfrog may pop this one. Regret what a yep. yeah, right. yeah, and and, and SimCity. I, I wish I knew how many hours I put into that game in SimCity two thousand. That's incredible. Um, Steve, have it yourself, mate. Yeah, tough. Tough to do without narrowing it down a little further, but I'll but I'll try. Uh, so there there's two that I would call out. One, the the Battlefield franchise, and particularly some of the earlier ones. I love the open worldness of those games, and the fact that you can either play alone or you can squad up, um, and it's just uh, it's really well done. And then um, the other would be uh, Burnout Paradise. That game. Oh, what a game! Absolute favorite racing game, game. Just far and away. Um, they did a fantastic job with that. Um, you know, there there are many other favorites. I mean, the SimCity and and Populous that I'm call out are, are two of my other favorites for sure. Um, but you know, I've I've been playing games for forty years now, <laughs> more than thirty years. So <laughs> there's a lot of choices. I should add for Steve though is that. Um, for the last 30 years, he's been chained to a desk at EA and can only play EA games, uh, which is why it was that list of games that he had. I'd like to dedicate this, if I could, to a couple people. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's two people, and unfortunately, there's probably more people who have passed that I don't know about. Um, but Dave DiMartino, I mentioned earlier, and Mike Olson, um, who was uh, assistant producer on one of the other knockout kings, but also on our team, uh, briefly, both of them have passed to cancer. Uh, Mike very recently, and he's, you know, like our age. So he's young and it's heartbreaking. So I just want to dedicate that to both those gentlemen because, you know, they were taken away way too soon. Amazing. May I, may I add uh, David Bunch as well? Right. What? Yep. Huh. I, just, I found this out now. Okay. Well, I just the timing. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that, was, that, that was a few years ago. Yeah, that sucks, man. He was a sweet guy, David Bunch. Yep. Oh, my God. Sweetest guy ever. They all were, really, all three of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were. Um, sorry, I, I just I just found this out live on the stream, so um, oh, excuse me on that. Yeah, but uh, not, to, yeah. not to make this too sour, but I think, you know, these guys all affected the franchise right these guys were all part of our team and um and they're all human beings and like i said we have great people around us so yeah pass off to all of them and, and making a dedication like that just you know keeps the memory living on so you know fantastic thanks for that eric great stuff bless you well look guys like you know thank you so much for your time um eric dom uh, Dex and Steve, it's a real pleasure. We have, it's been an absolute privilege, guys. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And um, really good luck for the rest next stage of your careers and so forth. And hopefully, we can get you guys on again in the future one day. And um, thank you. And I guess that's that's time to go. Ding ding, uh, right. the match is over. All right, <laughs> sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. You can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash arcadeattackuk. Check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots more retro gaming goodness and to delve into our archives. Our podcasts are also available on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review and a rating, we'd really appreciate it. If you'd like to support Arcade Attack, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash arcadeattack which will give you access to exclusive podcasts, interviews and other bonus content. So, 
Until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.